Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you don't need Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It is Wednesday, July 29, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J-Cat Morris, as always. I got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, I'll get to that stuff later. Before all that, my guest tonight on the line is none other than Deathmatch veteran, two-time King of the Deathmatch winner, Corporal Robinson. What's going on, man? What's up, brother? What's going down in the Yakuza land? (laughs) Not much, man. Same old. But uh, you know, how are you holding up, man? Man, I'm I'm feeling good, boss. Feeling good. I mean, a lot of shit's been popping off. A lot of shit getting ready to pop off, and uh, overall, feeling ready and uh, steady with this kill 'em all tour. Absolutely, man. We'll get into all of that. But um, you know, going way back, you know, when you were a kid, what what got you into wrestling? What was the thing that really hooked you in that you were watching? <laughs> Well, see, I started, when, when I first started wrestling, man, I got kind of spoiled. Because I was, you know, me living down south uh, near the Louisville area, we got the uh, USWA product, the Lawler and all that. Um, mm-hmm. So every Saturday morning, man, before me and my dad went fishing and stuff, we'd always watch Saturday morning wrestling. 
which, uh, you know, Dutch Mantel, Jared, Jeff Jarrett, Jerry Wall, and all them guys, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And that, that's what initially got me hooked. You know, that that what's got me hooked. And then I'd always get, uh, that's right, this is going to tell my age, but that's right when WrestleMania 1 shit started coming out. And uh, <laughs> I get I get the VHS, you know what I'm saying, and go to Grandma's house and pee WrestleMania, man. And, uh, you know, therefore you know it, and joined the Marine Corps, got out the Marine Corps, and, and my wrestling career kicked off. Yeah. Um... Was it just, you know, watching it so often, you know, as a youth that made you want to get into it? Or was it yeah, like a specific you know, moment you decided? Um, you know, it was kind of a spur of the moment type of deal how I got the business. Um, I'd always thought about it, you know what I mean? I, I loved wrestling. I was passionate about wrestling. You know what I'm saying? I was one of right. the guys that fight if you told me it was fake. You know what I'm saying? Like like I went I went to battle about it and uh you know, some way things played out. You know, when I when I got I gotten home on leave, um, and we we were always at the local gardens on Tuesday night. You know, I was a thing to do. And we gotten home at Monday, and of course Tuesday night was at the gardens. I was three or four other Marines, and uh, we went down to the gardens and and was uh, doing our thing. Pretty tore up. You know, what I'm saying we was pretty drunk, enjoying being home from uh, Bosnia and shit, and. Yeah. Uh, Dangerous Doug Gilbert and Tommy Rich coming out being the heels that they were, you know what I'm saying, talking crazy shit. And Doug Gilbert come over and called us a bunch of pussies, and my lottery punches kicked in, you know what I'm saying, my right hook hit <laughs> with Doug Gilbert's nose, and uh, they drug our asses out. Uh, instead, they drug us around back. And uh, at the time, I thought a bunch of them wrestlers were coming out the back to beat our ass, but... Uh, they came back out. They came out to uh, apologize for what had happened, and then asked me if I thought about wrestling, and that's where it all kicked off. Wow! Now, you know, when you got into wrestling training, were you prepared for what was ahead of you? I know, obviously, you know, with the Marine Corps, you had a lot of training done already, but um, you know, physically. But were you, you know, did you know what was ahead of you as far as wrestling training went? No, no clue. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I knew. Uh, as far as being physically fit, I was 100%. You know what I'm saying? Coming out of boot camp right. was probably the best thing I could have ever did going into wrestling school. But uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared for the the what the business takes to become one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think that's right. what helped me break in quicker was the fact I was in shape. I was in shape more than the other guys were. You know what I'm saying? They, they eliminated three or four right off the rip. You know, wrestling school ain't no fucking joke. You know, and right. their their goal is to weed you out. You know what I'm saying? They don't want you making it in this business, and especially right. in those days. I mean, nowadays in the last ten, it's a whole, it's a whole different game than when I broke in. You know what I'm saying? In in '96, '97, you know, it's a whole different game. Um, you know, nowadays kids, you know, think they go in their backyard and all that shit that they're training and stuff, and it, it's not like that. That's not the true way of being trained in this business. Um, I'm glad I got the opportunity and was trained properly. You know what I'm saying? Right. I got to pay my dues and learn the respect of the business before I ever started doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't let you get in the ring right away unless you're fully fucking prepared and you know what you're getting into. Um, I happen to have a hot gimmick because they kept me being me, which I think was easier for me to, uh, for the fans to accept me because it's a legit gimmick. You know what I'm saying? It, was, it wasn't something yeah. I threw on somebody. I wasn't being some crazy character or nothing. You know what I'm saying? I was coming out there as me. Um, and then over the years, started developing the more hard-end side. You know, I, I was a huge fan 
Um, right then, you know, ECW was popping off huge. So I was watching that shit go down. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that that became my love for, you know, doing things a little bit more extreme than, than doing the Southern way, you know, just the hip toss arm drag Memphis style. But I was thankful that I learned that style before I started doing death matches. You know what I'm saying? Because that's right. the true art is being able to wrestle and then put the gimmicks and stuff with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, how did you get hooked up with Ian? Um, Ian would, the deal was, is he would flyer, uh, the Tuesday night gardens for IWA Mid-South. He had, he had just opened IWA. Um, it was the end of USWA, the beginning of, uh, what they call, uh, Kentucky and championship wrestling because Lawler had sold USWA to two different people, um, at mm-hmm. that time. And, you know, when they came to the TV tapes in Memphis, man, there was two guys there that were brawling. I mean, it was it was pretty ugly. And, he, and uh, Mike Samples and then went ahead and took uh, the Evansville, Louisville, uh, Southern Indiana loop, which is where I pretty much stayed at because that's where I was from, you know. Um, so I went with them guys. It was the Shooting Stars, um, and Dutch and Wolfie and Jamie and them guys were there. And Jamie and Wolfie was going to on the road with me. Uh, Tracy Smothers was huge, you know what I'm saying? He worked with us a lot, mm-hmm. a ton. A ton. Yeah. Um, so, you know, being on the road with Tracy and Tommy and, and Doug and all them guys, um, you know, Ian, Ian was already talking to them guys about, I guess, doing an invasion angle over there. And, uh, you know, it was like, hey, hey, kid, you know what I'm saying? I seen him out there flying. He's like, hey, kid, come check our shit out. And when I seen it, I, I peeped it the very first time. In fact, you can see the early NBA shows. They'll even point it out. Um, yeah, that's for you old VHS fans. You know what I mean? They point out the fact that when I first yeah. came, and then the whole invasion angle happened, and then uh, Trailer Park Trash being a big pussy that he was and uh, bailed out on Pondo's gimmick. And, you know, I had to step in, you know, and I was a little nervous, you know what I'm saying? I can't front, you know, mm-hmm. land a bunch of light tubes and crazy shit for the first time. But I was already willing to do whatever it took to make the fans happy. You know, and I seen yeah. the way it went, you know what I mean? And, you know, that was my first taste of it, and ever since then I've been fucking balls of the wall. Yeah. Now, you know, you had seen all the ECW stuff and how, the, you know, that stuff was going. Um, um, had you seen any light tube stuff going on as far as, you know, the local stuff? To even no, know, at that point, you know, what you were no, going I had no idea. The first time I showed up in IW Mid-South and I seen all the fans with weapons in their hands and drunk as fuck, I thought I was at the craziest shit I'd ever been to in my life. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? I was like, what the fuck is going down here? There's 400, 500 fans screaming and yelling, and they all got fucking weapons in their hands. The craziest part about it, there was no issues with the fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, they yeah. street, like there wasn't somebody being drunk, getting mad, and smacking his homie with a barbar bat or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, none yeah. of that shit went down, which was crazy because, you know, a little bit gardens, you even saw fights and shit. You know what I mean? So it would mm-hmm. have been real easy for a hostile situation for somebody taking their own hands. Uh, but sure. they never did, man. I think it was a respect of what they were witnessing and them being a part of the show. Uh, the, the 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 wrestlers being able to grab their weapon particularly and use it, you know what I'm saying? I think that was right. more of a thing at that time, you know, to them. And uh, it, it was it was amazing to watch, and then it was more amazing to become a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they started doing King of the Death match in 97, and then they took a couple of years off. When they came back in 2000, you were a part of King of the Death match. At that point, I yeah. guess you had, you know, quite a few death matches under your belt. Um Right. Yeah, what was your thoughts going into an actual deathmatch tournament? Had you been part of anything like that before? 
No, I hadn't. But I was super excited because King of the Death at that time was the national thing going. You know what I'm saying? It, it was right. it was the WrestleMania of death matches. You know what I'm saying? If you sure. were going to be anybody in this business and you wanted to make it on the indie scene, your name needed to be on that card if you wanted to make money. You know, so um, I luckily by that time I was starting to blow up pretty good nationally. I was doing really big in Milwaukee. Uh, doing the feud with the end, and I was blowing up really big in the Detroit area, and uh, IWA itself was blowing up pretty good, you know, on a national scale as far as DVDs were concerned and people getting to know who you were. Uh, sure. So at that point in time, I knew it was time to fucking start standing out. If I didn't stand out, I knew I was going to get passed over quickly. Um, so I, I had it in my head, look, man, it, it's it's do or die situation. Yeah. And was it a shock that, you know, you were going to the finals, you know, first King of Death match, running back and, Brother, and everything? Huge, man. You know what I'm saying? Huge. And you talk about a push for it. You know what I'm saying? When you, you're in your first death match term, when you go to the finals, the King of the Death, I mean, right. come on, you can't, you can't, you can't expect anything. I was super sad. In fact, he didn't even tell me. He would tell me before each match. Like, I didn't know before the tournament I was even going to the finals. I came up every match, like, what do you want? You know what I'm saying? Like, I had no idea. No idea whatsoever. Right. Ian's really good about that shit, man. Because yeah, he don't want yeah. nothing leaking. You know what I'm saying? With Lamar, he don't want nothing leaking whatsoever. He will change a finish in a heartbeat if he thinks everybody knows it. That's just the art of John Williams booking. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've definitely heard some stories about that with, uh, you know, Drake and Claudio and the um, the Ted Petty and, you know, all sorts of different things that uh, yeah. he kind of pulled yep. on the fly. Yep, that's 100%, man. He loves working that way, too. Which is what's made the NWA so great, you know what I'm saying? Because you think you're going to see one thing, and you nine out of ten times see a totally, completely opposite, but it was just as awesome, you know? Sure. Um, now, I mean, you've been in a lot of deathmatch tournaments, and I've been asking, you know, a couple people about this. I, I love deathmatch tournaments, but, I mean, what's your feelings on them as far as what they do for deathmatch wrestling as a whole? Because, you know, back in the day, it used to be a death match was the culmination of a feud. You know, it, it built up to a death match. And then you get a death match tournament. A lot of times it's just death matches for the sake of death matches. It's more, it's a pride thing. You know what I'm saying? It's being able to go in and, uh, you know, in front of them people and leave a stamp on them. You know what I'm saying? Like they just mm-hmm. witness the most crazy shit in your, your particular, even if you're only doing one that night or you're doing four, you know, you got to mm-hmm. go into it the aspect, at least myself, I go into the aspect of stealing the show every time. Every time I go right. out, the next guy's got to top what the fuck I did because I'm going to top whatever else has already been done. Uh, whether right. it's hard hitting, whether it's violence, whether it's just some crazy ass, whatever it takes to make them, right. you know, make them go wow. Um, I think it's good for certain areas because a lot of certain areas don't get that shit and they don't get top quality. Or if they get it, it's right. bullshit, guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't ever see it done by the guys that really know how to truly do death matches. Uh, and it's an art form that a lot of people mistake it. You know what I'm saying? They think it's garbage wrestling because of the garbage guys out there trying to pull it off. But you, you right, see right. a true, legit guy that knows what the fuck they're doing is the greatest thing in wrestling. You know, I always put it out there. Look, I can wrestle with the best of them, but can they go mm-hmm. out there and do what I do? Hell no, they can't. So I can do what right. I can do, but you can't do what I can do. So you tell me who's better. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, now, 
when you guys did, um, which was, you know, just a huge, huge angle, um, could have went a lot further, but you did the big CZW crossover angle. IWA oh, that was invaded CZW. Yeah, fine. You know what? And at least, you know what I'm saying? A lot of, like a lot of people said, it, it, was pro- it could have probably been done better because there was some egos flared there. You know what I'm saying? Because you sure. had the two top companies going at it. The good thing was all of us boys got to get together and it made a lot of business for a lot of people. And we made a lot of great homies. You know what I'm saying? That's where I really started hanging out with Trent. And me and Gage got tight. And, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. the, the East Coast guys found out that the Southern guys are cool. We found out yeah. them guys were cool. So it made for great shit. Uh, the other thing about it was, you know, we're all in this to be the best. You know what I'm saying? So we, you're going right. to you're gonna push yourself to be the best, you know. And that angle was hot, bro. The funny thing is uh, Dave Spear just sent me a, uh, a link that showed, uh, the, I guess, that new CZW site put up that angle, you know what I'm saying, which it, it didn't show. I just thought the only thing I wished I would have wrestled one of the CCW guys and not Necro because everybody had seen right. me wrestle Necro. I mean, even though me and Necro tore it down, you know what I'm saying, we did, mm-hmm. we were going to. Um, yeah. I just feel like you could, I could have wrestled Payne, you know what I'm saying, get anybody, you know what I'm saying. Right. I, I wasn't bitching about going out right then. I was bitching about it's the IWA versus CCW angle while my wrestling an IWA guy. You know, right. and that was the only thing I was really upset about that. Um, the good thing that came out of that was a lot of the East Coast fans began became fans of mine uh, about what I was doing and the tape shows and shit. So when PWU got there, man, and, and I thank Todd Gordon for that, they pushed me to the roof. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got to do a lot of cool shit in front of the Philly fans <laughs> and the East Coast fans. Well, yeah. I'll get back to PWU. But, um, you know, before the, the CZW angle actually got kicked off, there was uh-huh. um, there was a match that they had B-Boy and Chris Hero come in, and the Hate Club absolutely squashed them. Now, the story was right. that a lot of guys back at IWA took offense to that because Hero's their guy, and it, they uh-huh. more or less just, just squashed them. Um, what right. were your feelings on the situation? Did, did you take offense to it? Yeah. I did, yeah, and, and I know why it was. If, if you remember correctly, it, it, it happened during the me, me and Mitch Page feud, and what was going on was me and Mitch Page, and probably to this day was having the most violent feud in wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. bar none, as far as setting the standards and night after night topping what we were doing, um, and I was calling CZW out. I was the first person to ever call them out, you know, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I straight up called it, and it was all shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like, top me, motherfucker. You guys are supposed to be the king of ultra-violence, but we're the king of hardcore here. And we'll start right. with their hardcore and ultra-violence mixes. Um, right. And uh, at that point in time, I didn't know the guys personally. You know what I'm saying? So all I knew was you were attacking us personally. And you just sure. watched one of our biggest dudes because of an ego trip. And that pisses me off on business because you could have did good business out of it. You know, the fans would have been split. And and as they see down the line, of course, Hero made his own mark. But, uh, you know, it could have been better business at that point in time. The the smart thing was Zandig at least gave it a shot. Um, I think he was shocked about the whole IWA chant when we hit the ring, honestly. Uh, I don't think he ever thought that would ever happen in a CZW house. You know what I'm saying, where his crowd was split. But if you remember correctly, and they even toned up the CZ chants on the video, 
But I remember because I was there. And when we hit that fucking green yeah, so. dog, and I'm knocking out everybody, dude, that IWA chant was massive. Yeah. And, that you know, that was the thing I think made the feud so good was the fact that there was legitimate heat behind it. I mean, John and, yeah. you know, uh, Ian John, and John Ian hated each did other. not like each other. You know? No, they did not. And, that uh, was strictly a business decision because they did not like each other. They honest right. to God didn't like each other. And we were prepared to fight every night. You know what I'm saying? Right. I walked in that bitch ready to fight. You know, and, and I've yeah. made a name for fighting in the dressing room or fighting on the streets. You know what I'm saying? So I was willing to knock anybody sure. out at that point in time. I didn't give a fuck. Um, I'll yeah. still fight them with my brothers. You know what I'm saying? On any given day. If DJ Hyde wants to get in there and talk crazy and, you know, not do good, which he's not. You know, he's fucking the fans. I'm putting it out there right now. You know what I'm saying? The reason the attorney did was what it was was not because DJ couldn't do it, but it's because he wouldn't pull the trigger on it. You know what I'm right. saying? That's the bottom line. We all contacted him. I talked to DJ myself, and then he just quit talking to us. Uh, I yeah. think he was worried about Murdoch. I think he was worried about me. I think he was worried about us overshadowing the show. And that's, and yeah. that's just stupid business. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So uh, going into CZW when you did the, the invasion angle, now, you you know, everybody actually had a little bit of legitimate heat. And CZW is pretty notorious for having somewhat of a protective locker room and, you know, their home, home base yep. and everything. So was there guys that you had to prove yourself in, you know, going into CZW? You know, I'm sure there was. You know, same with they didn't let me know it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm one of them brash guys in the locker room. You know, uh, if you show me respect, I'll give it to you. If you disrespect me, I'll knock your fucking teeth out. Um, right. Uh, me and Nikki hit it off real well off the bat, um, and that would have been honestly that would have been the only person I was worried about going toe to toe with, um, as far as who I thought could actually fight with me. Um, right. Everybody else in that dressing room, I wasn't worried about. Justice Payne and me were cool, you know what I'm saying? So like that'd have been the only two that I'd I'd even been slightly worried about. The rest of the locker room, I wasn't worried about at the least bit. Um, right. I knew, I, and there's nothing on Zandy, but I knew if he'd come at me stupid, I'd knock him out. You know what I'm saying? There's no if, ass buts about it. You know, and uh, I got respect for Zandig for what he did and what he's done. Um, Nick Mondo's a great dude. Um, I like all the old CCW events now. You know what I'm saying? After we got to work sure. together and things like that, I can't say a bad thing really about any of them. Uh, right. How I went into about it, how I feel, yeah. you come at me arrogant or stupid, I'm going to knock your fucking teeth out. Right. So, you know, once you got working for Zandig and everything like that, how was it working for him? Was it... Um, it was cool. You could see it was standoffish. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got along with the boys better. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of these uh, kiss-ass the office because I believe my work speaks for itself. Um, and I'm not going to kiss that. I'll show you the respect that you deserve, but uh, if, you, if I feel you're disrespecting me or if I feel that uh, any of that other shit, you know what I'm saying? He didn't even pay me. He paid Ian to pay me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I didn't really have a shit ton of interactions with them. You know, uh, me and Trent kicked it out. Of course, you know, we were smoking some blunts out there in the parking lot and Devin and yeah. those guys, you know what I'm saying? And got cool with a few that stayed out I've stayed cool with for lifetimes. You know, if I'm your homie, I'm always your homie. If I'm your enemy, mm-hmm. I'll be your enemy. You know what I'm saying? So right. it, it, it's kind of, of a cut and dry situation. Uh, I don't go into a locker room to start any kind of drama, but I'll finish it if it comes to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so then, uh, you know, the whole split happened where uh, Johnny went over, started PWU, 
and he, yep. you know, started booking you right away as, you know, one of their hardcore guys. Um, yeah. You know, what was your thoughts on PWU as a product overall? That was great. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Ty Gordon called me personally. Uh, Gary Wolf hit me up. And then uh, Cashmere and them hit me up right away. I mean, John Cashmere and Trent Acid hit me up immediately as soon as they decided they were going to do it. I said, hey, we want you to be our guy. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be going against CZW, and we want our guy to be legit. And to them, I was the most legit thing going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I appreciate them putting that ball in my court. You know what I'm saying? And I think I delivered. You know, I think I delivered night in and night out. Um I, the, the whole product was good. We sold it out better than we were drawing as big a numbers, if not bigger numbers than CZW did. We saw that we sold out the ECW arena. I know three times while I was there. Um, yeah. Me and Ian did some amazing matches there too. You know what I'm saying? I remember mm-hmm. I was with Ian for that hardcore belt. Um, sure. And we did some good shit. You know, we did some really cool shit for the fans. You got to wrestle Samoa Joe there. What was your feelings on that match, and how was it to work? Joe? Um, it was good. You know, I went into that not knowing what was going to happen because I seen him in Necro's deal, and I seen him not uh, drop Necro on his face on the concrete. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know how he was going to take me in that shit. But he, Joe was cool. He's like, man, I'm going to be tight. I know you're tight. So he must have been watching shit on me, too. Um and he was getting ready to do the big TNA deal, and he was huge at Ring of Honor, and he thought I was going to have an issue with putting him up. Like, you're a big dude, you're over right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it's, we're, it, it, the fans are the ones that benefit from a great, solid hitting match. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's yeah. all I looked out for. It. And it was. I mean, he hit me hard, and I hit him hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. uh, it, it was good shit. Afterwards, he, he, he thanked me for everything, and we've always had a mutual respect since then. Um I don't know if him and Dylan just had personal shit that I don't know about. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't know what went down in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because I watched that match a couple times. Like, God damn, dog. I mean, that, that, I mean they were both, uh, as far as I can tell, I know a few spots were complete shoots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And, like, and they were um, both getting up from it. You know, Necro was blasting him with legit shots, and so was, so was Joe. I hit him a couple times, and he just went to the smack. So I assume that was him... Uh, all right, we'll do this this way. <laughs> you know? Right. He gave me that big From, kick in the corner, and once I hit him with that fucking mafia kick while he was sitting down, everything went uh, 50-50. <laughs> yeah, from what I heard, um, and, I mean, maybe you could elaborate on it too because you were there, um, some of the heat with Joe from Necro supposedly came from the Chikara three ways where the, the ROH students got their ass kicked. Uh, you know, I, I heard the same thing, uh, but honestly, uh, I don't know if it's back or not. You know what I'm saying? I know there was a good okay. build-up for it. You know what I'm saying? And that yeah. happened a lot in wrestling. I'll tell you shit, we'll make, you know, real-life shit into shoot angles. Um, so I, I, that could have been it. And, and that group could have been like, fuck you, I'll do whatever I want, you know? <laughs> who, know right. who knows what Dylan, man? I, I'm the one that got Dylan going. You know, me and Dylan had some amazing matches when he first came to IWA. You know what I'm saying? I was one yeah. of the guys that, that that battled and brawled with him everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Everywhere in the country. Yeah. I, was, I was married to him as long as I wasn't Ian Rotten for a while. Because a lot of mm-hmm. people couldn't wrestle Dylan, take Dylan's punches, but I hit Dylan as hard as he hit me, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. You also got to ra- wrestle uh, Raven in PWU. What was your thoughts yeah. on that? You know, the cool thing about that was, uh, you know, I grew up watching Raven and Dreamer. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. the feud with Raven and Jerry Mer was epic. I don't give a fuck who you are. If you're trying to, if you go back and say, oh, I was not, I wasn't a fan. Get the fuck out of here, man. If you were a fan of ECW back then, you were a fan of the Raven Dreamer and go, and that, plus I dreamed of fucking Beulah McGillicuddy for years. After that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just keeping it 100. Beulah was one of the hottest women in wrestling ever. Um, and me and me and Tommy are cool now, man. I've seen him on a few shows and everything, and he likes my word. He just thinks I'm crazy. Uh, and uh, that whole deal there, and, and then Raven putting me over was with, with the shit without an issue. You know what I'm saying? He'd already seen my work, seen what we did. Me and Raven been cool. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, Raven's mm-hmm. a dick, fuck him and all that. And he does have a brash way of doing shit, but he's never been disrespectful. I don't know if he really thought I'd punch him in the face, which it probably would have happened. Um, or or what? But uh, Raven, all the old school ECW guys and me always got along, always. Right. From being Candido to Sonny to, to Gary Wolf and the Pitbulls to you know what I'm saying all them guys, Hack that right, man, right. all them guys. To me and Too Cold or all them cats. You know what I'm saying? I'm super cool with. You know what I'm saying? I think I earned the respect from them watching me and doing shit. Because a lot of them would watch shows we were on, and you know what I'm saying they knew the guys they could go and could get over. Um, and I think that it was their kind of way of passing the torch, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you've wrestled a lot of Carnage Cup and uh, even this, this past Carnage Cup. Um, they seem to be, mm-hmm. you know, taking another route with things, and um, I don't know. I've talked to a couple guys. But, who, you know, look, past we will guys. see if he does. You know what I'm saying? Like, we will see. You know, um, I know where you're going with this question, I think. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Go what's ahead, your thoughts I'll let you on finish. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's, it's all good. Um, you know what I'm saying. I mean, the guy is pretty much shitting on people who will, as he says, only do light tubes and barbed wire and tacks. And, and I think it's crazy because, I mean, you, you got people to do no rope barbed wire matches or 200 tubes, and now all of a sudden he's treating that like like that doesn't mean Like it ain't shit, but, but, it, but think about it. He's shitting on his own product because think right. about his finance. You know what I'm saying? And things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not a smart way of thinking. You know what I mean? And he could have been, I don't know what, what he's thinking on there. Uh, I've always done good business with him. You know what I mean? Um, they will not put me in an in a unsafe. There's not a match or a stipulation or a gimmick or anything you can put me in that I can't figure out or, or do something awesome for the people. But you're not right. going to see me slip my throat, man, or you're not going to see me die in a ring on that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not right. saying actually this can't happen because they can, and God forbid if something does happen to me after this interview. But, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? I've been in the most deadliest death matches there is, and my opponent's with me, and we have gotten through them with us being able to wrestle again tomorrow. You know what I mean? Right. That makes any kind of sense. Uh, sure. The true art of death matches is being able to pull off the sickest, craziest shit and being able to protect the guy you're with. Right. That's that's the other big point that I got to ask, though, is is what about your opponents? What about the workers there? Because he seems to steer more and more towards untrained guys and, and guys. If that I'm in there with an untrained guy that's unsafe, then you guys get the honor of watching me knock him the fuck out like I did Brandon Prophet. 
You know what I'm saying? There's no if and yeah. buts about it. I, I'm not. I will fucking knock him the fuck out if there's a guy that's unsafe that don't know what the fuck they're doing, that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing in the ring. If they don't have the respect for me that I have of them, I will not let them have the opportunity to fucking hurt me. I will hurt them first, and it will be no national fucking news the next day. <laughs> Uh, all right. You know what I'm saying? That's if fans buts. No if fans buts about it. That is a fucking fact. Well, I mean, that that at least makes for one good first round match. Hundred percent, brother. Hundred percent. You know, goddamn well. If you see me there with a the fucking jack off name, if that jack off doesn't hold up his end of the deal, then you guys know for fucking sure you're gonna get something awesome because Corp is going to fuck him up legitly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, um, Ian, you know, has, has booked a lot of good um, Styles Clash matches, as we had talked about the, um, you know, the, the Necro Joe who was pretty much, you know, revolutionary. He really, you know, made everybody want to try to book these matches that, you know, no one would expect to see them, but then, man, when you saw them on on a show, you, you know, it, it's still the show. Um, right. You put together the Revolution Strong Style Tournament, and you worked Eddie Kingston in that. What was your thoughts on that? It was great, you know. In fact, this past year, I got to wrestle fucking, uh, I wrestled, uh, oh, God, it was epic. They even had me a botchamentary because my pants broke. Oh, Michael Elgin. Um, oh, okay. And my belt broke two minutes into the match, but I still finished the match with my fucking ass showing the whole time. But it's all good. <laughs> but uh, it was, it was. I thought it was a great, it was a great way of doing uh, the hard-hitting, strong-style shit. And it was a good way to prove people, once again, that, you know, a lot of people don't know my history in the business. A lot of people don't right. know that, you know, I wrestled Chris Hero and shit. I've wrestled every major guy that's done shit in regular wrestling matches. You know, mm-hmm. I exploded on the deathmatch scene because I can do it and do it well. Um, and people don't understand the history of it or, or know, oh, hey, Corp can do that. Oh, shit. Yeah, Corp can, Corp can do anything in that squared circle. You're not going to put me in a square circle with me not knowing what to fucking do or how to make it a great match. Because if it's not a great match, then I didn't do my job. Right. Yeah, I, and I think he way I to bring that tournament back. Uh, he, well, he did last year. You know what I'm saying? We had a strong style tournament. It was last year, for sure, because I oh, came back he? for it. Yeah, that's wow. what I said. That's where I wrestled Michael Elgin. Completely missed that one. Oh, nice. Yep. I got to go I back sure there. But yeah, um, gotta watch yeah this I, I like that. kept putting me on there because my fucking camo pants kept hitting the floor because my belt broke. <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, a couple of old school CZW guys you had worked. Um, you know, we were talking about some of the uh, the original CZW guys. Wife Beater, you yep. wrestled in a, a tables match. What was oh your thought on Wife yeah, Beater as a whole? He's a great, great, great guy to work with. Uh. We had the indestructible table. Um, we literally about killed each other in that match. Because, and not because it was each other. It was because the table would not break no matter what we did to it. Um, off the top plexus to the floor to the fucking ring. Does both jumping through that bitch. We killed it till finally the crowd was chanting, please don't die. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were giving them, the table was not, I don't know if it was double braced. I don't know what they got, but me and White Beater are not small guys. And we come off the top to the floor and hit that table and it just turned sideways. 
I mean, it was <laughs> it, it was epic. But you know, the white beater he he's a legend there in CZW. Uh, he was a great guy to work with. I'm glad I got the privilege of working before before his semi-retirement. Um, it's going to be great seeing him for the Nick Gage Invitational. I'm telling you that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Nick Mondo, another guy we talked about before. You wrestled him back in 01 um, yep. in a singles in MAW and also in a three-way. Um, Nick was just one of those guys who take the, the craziest bumps all over the place and uh, – you know, it was kind of the way he wanted to do it, kind of quick and out. Yep. But uh, what was your thoughts on Nick? I thought Nick was innovative for what he was doing. Um, he was a smaller guy, but it didn't matter because he had a heart of the lion. Um, and it didn't matter what you put him through, he would get up from it. You know, and uh, he was a great guy to work with. You know what I'm saying? Great guy to work with. He's a little fast-paced, had to slow him down a little bit in some shit uh, because that's just his style of working. Um Nick was one of the best. He he really was. Um, I don't know if CZW does the Hall of Fame, but he definitely should be there. I know he only he didn't come back after TOD two, but after that bump Zandick gave him, goddamn, he was lucky to get to through the finals. You know what I'm saying? And uh, kudos to him. Uh, he, he's another guy. It was sad that you only got him for a glimpse. Um, and that's what yeah. wrestling fans need to realize, man. Because the favorites that they got now, they they take a thing. They think that they're always going to be there. I have had been blessed, other than the major injury, I had to take off a couple of years after the JCW shit, you know what I'm saying, with my back and falling 14 feet um, at a concert and all that shit that went down there, uh, to not have a career in the injury, you know what I'm saying, right. with all the crazy shit that I've done and what I've put my body through, which I put it through hell. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. I put it through hell and will continue to put it through hell until I can't do it properly. Once I can't do right. it properly, then you guys will see me retire. Um, until right. then, I'm going to keep going balls to the wall. Um, sure. and, and right now, I honestly believe within the last year, you know, I came back pretty fucking explosive. Um, sure. And, you know, I, I thank God that, that I, I'm still willing to, to give, you know, five-star matches. Right. Uh, now, you know, I had read this article recently, and I didn't like the way it was phrased. I just kind of want to get your take on it, because we were just talking about Mondo and White Peter. And they mentioned, they were mentioning, you know, uh, the current CZW product and saying who's still around and this and that. And they mentioned John Zandig, White Peter, Lobo, and like those guys, and said that they submitted to Father Time. The, I mean, what's your thoughts on that wording? To father time my ass if that was the case I wouldn't be here right <laughs> you know what I'm saying like um no they didn't they did different there's different reason for each one of them Lobo was taking the most insane bumps anybody was to the fucking concrete all the time uh right you know and you know Zandig had personal reasons he moved on I don't even think it was a health really and Mondo took one of the sickest bumps in the history of wrestling and finished one of the most brutal death matches that's ever been done. Uh, right. You know, and, and decided to build his life differently. You know what I'm saying? You can't sure. fault the guy for that. You know, he's making a huge name doing movies and everything in Japan right now. Like, how in the fuck can you fault the guy for that? You know, you can't. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think it was wrong, you know, to put it like that because it's different. You know, every man – has to judge the way his life's going and what's going on with it. And if a man decides to better himself and get out of the business, 
doesn't mean Father Time caught up with him. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of chalking it up as a loss on these guys, saying, you know, finally right. time made them submit. That know, was not it. Like there was other circumstantial uh, situations that that made them, you know, disappear out the business. Sure. Um, you know, other guys who we have actually lost, you know, in, in a rougher way, uh, guys you had a lot yeah. of history with, um, J.C. Bailey. What was your thoughts yeah. on J.C. working with him over the years and, Oh, uh, man, you're going to try to make me cry on this bitch, ain't you? <laughs> Talking about the guys that, you know, I love that kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I had his first major deathmatch tournament in Mid-American um, where he really got some national spotlight of it, and he was with me when we did the CZW feud, and I knew his dad really well. Uh, me and JC traveled a lot together, you know, traveled a lot together. Um he was a great kid, man. He's a great kid. He loved his business, you know, and that's the thing, man. He'd do anything for the fans, uh, anything at all, no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I miss him, man. I miss him a lot. Uh, uh, you know, there's sometimes people are taken way too soon, way too soon. Um, but sure. personal things in life get to you, you know, in, in this business, a lot of people get depressed, you know, and they don't know how to deal with certain situations. And, and you know, I mean, I, I'm one to speak truly from example, especially when you're talking about pain pills and all that shit. With that, I know that's where that's leading uh, because I had a huge issue with them myself for a while. Uh, right. I don't now, but I did. You know, I did that the whole fucking JCW fucking shit blowing up was because we, me and Joe Bruce were both on. Now, I, I'll clearly admit the situation, even though they won't. You know, I will. Um because I believe uh, if you're a man, you can you can admit your mistakes. You can realize where you fucked up, and if if you learn from them, then then it was worth it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you can't learn from them, then it, it's a different process. Plus, I lost a lot of really good friends. Um, but this this business takes a toll on your body, takes a, a toll on your mind, and a lot of times, you know what I'm saying? You know, you, you deserve certain things, and it don't come your way. And a lot of people deal with that shit in different ways. Um, yeah. A lot of times it's just easier to medicate yourself, you know, whether it's, you know, any kind of drugs, you know what I'm saying, whatever it is, you know, or girls or anything, you can use that at liquor, a lot of different ways to medicate yourself, but, um, and I'm not on a straight edge post because y'all know goddamn well I'm far from straight edge, but, um, right. you know, the fact is, you know, sometimes it's hard to deal with and, and people uh, deal with it wrongly and, and, and the sad part about it, there's some really bad consequences from that shit. Sure. Um, is, is there anything, you know, having been through it and having seen people, you know, lost to it and everything, is there anything that you could say, maybe advice to, you know, guys who are coming up, you know, doing the death matches and doing all the different things to, you know, at least yeah. in the right direction? Look, man, uh, just the, the main thing is always look at what's good around you. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, your body's going to be hurt and it's going to be sore. Don't overload it. That's the problem with a lot of guys. You know what I'm saying? Instead of taking one or two Percocets, they take two to three, and then two hours later take four or five more, and then they drink, then they do a lot of cocaine. You know what I'm saying? Like, just know your body, you know. Um, I'm not going to sit there and say don't do it, you know what I'm saying, or say do do it, you know what I mean? You're never going to hear that. You know that you're a grown-ass man, and you know what your body can take and can't take. Um I know for me personally, you know what I'm saying, I was sick of fucking 
being in in tons of pain all the fucking time, and uh, I had some personal issues going on at home, um, and there there was a lot of things that builds into that. It's not just one particular thing. The best thing I can say is if you can stay away from it, do. You know, uh, don't get caught up in the game of that shit because it it can, yeah. it can only lead to, to to bad things. You know, what I'm saying to the point to where you need them every day, or you're deathly ill. You know, that's the best thing about it to me right now is I can wake up every morning and eat what I want to without shit in my pants. You know what I'm saying? Before, yeah. if you didn't have pain pills, after you got them and you don't have them, you get, and this, they call it dope sick. That's what it is. You're pill sick. You know, and being able to wake up and not have the sweats or wondering if I, where I got to find them at the next day and all that shit, you know. Now, if I need a blanket and I can take it and it works. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Or if I need a Percocet because I'm super hurt and I burnt, it works. You know, once you're taking them for so long over a so period of time, they don't even work right. You're just doing it right. because your body has to have it to be able to eat and do everything else. It's just, that's why people go to heroin. And we're getting into some pretty dark topics here, but, you know, it, it's because the way the government has done them and the, how expensive pain pills are on the street and doctors right. cutting people, guys off, that's why everybody turns to heroin because it's cheaper and it keeps them from being sick. You know what I'm saying? They can do right. whatever it is, you know, 20 or $40 a heroin and be good for 14 hours instead of taking two pain pills and only be good for seven. You know, and that, that's the honest to God real life facts to that shit, man. Um, if the young guys can stay away from that stuff, just have a few beers, man, we take one bite to get through it, you know, but don't worry about them the next day, you know what I'm saying? Take a few extra Advils and get your dick sucked extra by your girl. There's something like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, just <laughs> don't worry about Don't worry about trying to over I mean, there's certain times we're all going to throw down and have a blast. You know, I'm a fart. Look, what people do in their personal times, their personal time, and whatever their vice is, is their vice. You know, I'm just uh-huh. telling them personal experiences. Right. Um, now, you know, I don't want to just go right down the row of everyone that died, so I'll, I'll space it out. But, um, go ahead. Yeah. The uh, JCW situation you had just mentioned, um, I mean, there's still videos of people, you know, saying you ripped them off online and everything else. Um, yeah, they never you know, pulled what, that one asshole the story? that they got paid to put it up there. Um, you, you want the shoot story? What happened? Yeah. Okay. Well, basically, what had happened was I had uh, uh, I had been with Joe and him almost twelve, thirteen years. Joe was one of my best friends. You know what I'm saying? I I uh, I was her personal security uh, for from I would see 2001 all the way up until 2012. Um, I had uh, I guarded his family on the road. I was there with him every day, day to day. I'm not going to go into the man's personal shit because that probably shit don't need to be out there. But I was there for everything, everything. Right. Um, a situation. I'm gonna kind of speed through a lot of the stuff. Okay. Um, JCW was known as a joke, you know, until they gave me the reins. They gave me the reins because a rude boy had left them and took a bunch of money and disappeared. Uh, they didn't know where he was and they needed to book Hollow uh, Hollow Wicked. Um, so they gave me the reins out of getting the world title that year. Rude Boy was pissed because they were putting the world title on an actual wrestler instead of a fucking goof. And uh, he, he had hard feelings about that. Um, from that point on, Joe Cena had the heart for the business, which we all knew. And the thing was, I was Corporal Robinson before I ever went to JCW. So my name was already right. in Stone. You know what I'm saying? It's like I always tell yeah. him, I'm going to be corporal when I'm here and I'm going to be corporal when I leave. You know, that's not changing the fuck. JCW didn't make me. You know what I'm saying? I made right. JCW uh, help make it a better product. I didn't make JCW. I just made it help make it a better product. 
I brought legit wrestlers in. I brought great storylines in. Joe is a man that busts his ass. The man's the hardest worker I've ever met in my life. Um, and he got it. He was involved with the same shit I was. You know what I'm saying? So on the road, like I was just saying, you know what I'm saying? When you're torn as much as we were and things like that, you got to have them them gimmicks. You know what I'm saying? So we'd make deals with people. Look, we'll hook you up with this and that um, as long as we get this in return. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's how it went. I got in hurt and fell off a stage in New York City, and that's where I landed on my neck, bro. I landed on my neck 14 feet in the air at a concert in, uh, at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, and I woke up in the emergency room in New York City with Tony, and they had a reality show we were filming at the time. And the funny thing is they cut everything out with me because if you watch that DVD, you see I was a part of everything we did all day, every day. Um, I ran all of our shit. Joe is the man that calls all the shots a psychopathic. Um, he, like I said, he, he, and he's got his family and all them out there and they bust their ass. And, uh, he loves the wrestling business. You know what I'm saying? I will always say that Joe Bruce loves the wrestling business, man. He, he, he's a wrestling diehard. Um, what had happened. And when I woke up in the hospital, I realized I looked at the clock and seen that that bus call was, and I was in charge of the buses. So, I ripped the IVs out. Doctors were in there screaming at me, you can't leave, you're falling, all this shit. Um, I immediately ripped the motherfuckers out, give me the waiver, I got to get back to the bus, and we, Detroit was the next night. Um, and so at the time, I didn't know the severity of my injuries. I just know I woke up in a hospital in New York City from the concert, and I needed to be back to the tour buses. Um when we got back to the tour buses, I was real lightheaded and everything. We got back home to Detroit. Uh, I wrestled Bull Payne in a no rope barbed wire tables match. And I wrestled with the injuries that I'm about to tell you I had. At the time, I didn't know this. But I wrestled him in that match and hit my the boot camp finish off the thing to the floor through a table. All right. I got home that night to my wife and kid, which I haven't seen in four months because we've been touring. And before I could get in the door, once I got to the door, my wife came down at the time, uh, I collapsed. Well, what I didn't know was when I hit the concrete, I was leaking spinal cord fluid in my body. And I was leaking it there now for 24 hours straight. So it damn near killed me. Uh, wow. it, 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 uh, it, it basically, I was in the hospital for about two months month and a half, two months, and was in bad shape. They were telling me I wasn't going to be able to walk again, that my uh, lower vertebrae were completely crushed. Um, basically that, you know, I had to basically almost retire uh, until the, the rehabilitation hit. Um, and that hit me pretty hard. The thing that hit me the hardest was I, the hospital I was in was literally a mile from the office. Um, and I didn't see... Joe, Billy, the guys we worked with, I didn't see nobody, brother, the whole time I was there. The other city part was they had cut off my paychecks home. So my wife and kids sat there for a month and a half with no money or anything. So that, that you know what I'm saying, where, where I'm getting there. So now I'm beyond fuming at the time, this time. And they finally come up there, bro, and I find out they're coming up there to promote a show at the ECW Arena with me versus Dreamer, and they have a camera guy with them. So I'm business, you know what I'm saying? I cut the promo and shit, and then they immediately left, which I found that to be a slap in the face. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they cut a promo for JCW. I've been out. 
uh, for a month and a half, and I, I only see you all for four or five minutes, and that's to get this fucking promo shot. Y'all are gone again. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So I took all that shit as like a slap in the face, man. And then, uh, so I, I, I was livid. I was livid. Fucking went to the office, fucking blew up there. Um, Joe finally come to my house, you know, two days. And uh, I, I, I got in a downward spiral, man. I started taking Xanax. It was a lot Xanax bars on top of all the medicines they were giving me, which was a ton, brother. I was prescribed a shit ton. With the injuries I had and what I was doing, I was prescribed a shit ton. Um, and um, I let that shit pretty much consume me a lot. Well, Joe asked me back. They did a hatchet attack. So they took me off. It was the first time I'd not been at any event, but I was hurt too. So it was a combo pack. And then hatchet attacks was a fucking disaster to Joe as far as personal shit. Because I was in charge of the clowns, the monsters on stage. I did all of our sets. Like Literally, when I say I handled everything, dog, I handled all of our day-to-day everything. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Literally. Uh, and, and I wasn't only doing the street. I was performing everything at the same time as well. Um, so it was a lot of shit, man. Um, so they, uh, after that, he asked me to come do the, the Mighty Death Pop tour shit. It was the same type of deal. You know, we were on the road for a while. We did L.A., and then we had to do one in New York. Went to L.A. for a bit. Kind of squashed up everything, but I was waiting on some checks to come. Well, they didn't come, so I was pissed. So we got to New York. They told me it was going to be in New York. It wasn't. Um, the gathering was coming up. I'd already set these deals up. And and the funny part when they say selling gathering tickets, I don't need to sell gathering tickets. I just put people on a guest list. That's the way I've right. for a decade. You know what I'm saying? I just put your name on a guest list. You show your ID and get your shit. Um, well, what had happened since Billy and them didn't get me there, I already knew I was livid that they went ahead and cut the uh, guest list list. Well, they thought it was for me, brother. But the thing was, the, the what the people had given us for to get on a guest list were for Joe. You know what I'm saying? The the meds and shit on the road were for him. Yeah, I took a few here and there. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't just to get me through. So to put off that shit, all that shit on top of me, like I was the asshole that fucking tried to rip people, it was ridiculous. Because that wasn't mm-hmm. the case. And all they and then come to find out this, brother, they still let everybody in. Yeah. So the fact that people come in and to try to say they got ripped out, they didn't just come to find out they they were just piling up names to make it look like I was an asshole. And the reason why they were doing that was because I was demanding my money. And I refused to wrestle Rudy at bloody. Look, I was going to beat the fuck out of Rudy. But Joe booked this match, me versus Rudy, for me to fuck him up for taking a shit on his toilet on the top seat of the of the building that, that Rudy had, plus leaving them hanging. Because if y'all remember correctly, he brought Rudy back for that event. And he brought him mm-hmm. back to wrestle me. And that wasn't going to be a match, bro. That was going to be a shoot. Me knocking him slick the fuck out because I hated him. He don't deserve yeah. to be in the business. He's never been trained right. When your finisher is a goddamn clothesline, brother, and you can't even hit a clothesline right, you don't need to be in a goddamn wrestling business, let alone being pushed. Right. You know, and that's yeah. the facts. That's the facts. That's not joking. That is just, if you're a pure wrestling fan and you love wrestlers, and a man his finisher is a goddamn clothesline, and he can't hit it right. You think he deserves any kind of fucking recognition or title? Hell no. It's a yeah. fucking joke. So we're that match is booked for me to beat the fuck out of him, and I was there. I stand, now, here's the other thing. If I ripped all them kids off, I was on the ground for two straight days with the juggalos hiding me. Me walking around talking to all of them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, if I ripped off all them people, you think I would have lasted long out there? No. no. You're talking 10,000 people. Think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, people can put the facts to facts. you got the legit shoot. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I asked for my money. They wouldn't give it to me, so I refused to wrestle. They shipped me off, and I've never spoke to any of them again. I went and got my life straight. I got sobered up. I don't. I didn't take pain pills no more. I got healthy and I came back to wrestling. That's what. That's the exact shoot on what happened. Yeah. I don't hold a grudge against Joe and him no more. I don't hold a grudge against psychopathic. It was a great time for when I was there. Um, I think how they did me was shitty, but it is what it is. Yeah, I fucked up there too because I was fucked up. I I will clearly admit it. I was fucked up. I was taking Xanny bars. I was taking pain pills and lots of them. Mm-hmm. So I was in a fucked up mental state. So I probably wasn't easy to work with either. So, but I can admit my faults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sorry about anybody that got, thinks they got fucked over, got fucked over there because it wasn't me personally that fucked them over. Yeah. Yeah, that's a crazy situation, huh? Uh, yeah. So, um. Now back to the back to the wrestling. Um, uh, let me see where do I want to go? <laughs> um, yeah, you can go a lot of places right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, let me just finish out this, this list here. Another guy, you know, yeah, we yeah. lost. Um, Trent Acid. Um, you know, you had worked oh, with him a lot. Met him through CZW. Um, yeah. I'd imagine, and um, yeah. you know. Your thoughts on Trent? Trent was one of the best. The best. He had some demons himself. But when he hit that ring, he was one of the best performers ever. Ever. Me and him had some of the most classic matches in BCW history. I know that for a fact. Uh, he took that that that, that, that holy Trent acid because I wanted to get him away from the... Uh, the whole uh, pretty boy gimmick, you know what I'm saying, the flamboy and what he was doing in CZW. And I asked him about that, and he loved it. He wanted to run with it, and boy, did he. He made that a whole new character of his own. And Trent Asher proved the true professional he was by being able to pull that off to the team, man, to a fucking team. Um, I miss Trent, too, man. I miss him a lot, bro. We we spent a lot of time on the road together. I got him booked everywhere I went, and I was fortunate enough to play safe feud with him for a super long time. Um, as far as in-ring performers, he's one of the best I've ever been in a ring with to sure. this day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another guy, um, J.C. Bailey. Oh, J.C., I really went over J.C., my bad. Yeah. Uh, brain damage. Brain damage, one of the most hardest hitters ever out there. He he was a striker. Um, he learned that from our end of things. Him and uh, Deranged were together a lot, uh, their team, uh, with Billy Graham and them guys, uh, with Toby Klein. Um, Deranged, he's not, I mean, uh, brain damage was another uh, – I'm glad he got to make his mark there. He made it pretty good down here. He made, a, I think, a bigger impact in CZW than he did IWA. Uh, mainly on the fact that CZW at the time had lost a lot of guys, and I think didn't Gage already get locked up when brain damage really started hitting hard. Um, so he was one of the key factors. 
uh, in CZW, so the spotlight was more on him, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was—he would definitely be known as one of the hardest strikers. Um, he still didn't survive the lottery punches, though. Uh, but he, he was definitely—he was definitely one of the hardest hitters out there ever. Him and Necro are my top two as far as who I've been hit by. Sure, um, Roland Hart. That was one of my best friends. Uh, that was really hard to take because I was with Roland. Oh God, I was with Roland the night before he died. Uh, his funeral was rough on me. Roland was one of the originals at IWA. Uh, him and Mitch Page uh, made an amazing. Roland was just one of the best guys to be around in the dressing room. Period. Uh, we played ball together, softball, things like that. You know what I'm saying? Our family, we traveled a lot together. Uh, Roland meant a lot, lot to me. We're not, we lost Roland, man. I, I started to get numb. You know what I'm saying? It, it was like Roland hit, then J.C. hit, and Trent hit. I lost a lot of really close friends there for a minute. Uh, yeah. And, and we lost Roland to cancer, you know what I'm saying, which, yeah. which, which was the craziest part, you know, and uh, – it wasn't nothing he did or anything, you know what I'm saying? Uh, out of the, he just he, colon cancer took him from us. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that was that was I think that was a harder one to deal with just because of the situation and knowing his family and his kids and everything. Uh, that one was rough, man. It was really rough. Uh, it sucks that new fans didn't get to see him or get to see his work because uh, his whole gimmick, man. The uh, food stamp champ shit, man. That that shit was never done before. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. whole kill whitey thing. You know all that shit, but especially now with all the Hogan shit going on, he'd be he'd be probably walking around with a kill Hogan shirt on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could just imagine, dog, uh, what he'd be doing with all that going on. Um, but uh, yeah, Roman's one of the just best human beings. You know that that was yeah. the thing about Lenny. Man. He was one of the best human beings to be around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so getting back to uh, you know, the wrestling side of things and you know, all the sad stuff behind us, um yeah. Go ahead and kick the sad shit. you're making me have tears here, motherfucker, you fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Um what are what are some dream matches that you got? Uh, dream matches that I've had or got yeah, that uh, I got three matches, out. you know, guys you've never wrestled before that you'd like to wrestle. Oh, man. See, that's hard because I've damn near wrestled everybody. But I've always wanted to. You know what? Me and Dreamer never went down one-on-one. It was a tag. Um, so that would be one just because of everybody else that I've wrestled at ECW then. Um mm-hmm. I had the honor of teaming with Funk. You know what I'm saying? I had the honor of yeah. Funk wrestling with me. You know what I'm saying? And all of that. He was my manager in JCW. Um, wrestled Raven and all them guys. Um, Masanaga. Me and Masanaga would be great. Uh, I'd love to do that. Just just to put that one on the, on the wall. Um Oh, I'd have to wrap my head together for you know the fans deserve me engage, you know that that I mean they just deserve it just with but where both of us are at in our careers right now you know what I'm saying uh, man we're homies you know what I'm saying but they deserve it they deserve me engage, um, 
Yeah, one of the best tournaments ever for sure. Um, it was my first attended King of the Death match, and, and what a great one to, to have it be. Um, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, what was your thoughts going into the tournament and, you know, as the day went? Um, I knew with the lineup it was going to be epic. Um, I wanted to make it where it made uh, – I made it impact quickly. Um, I knew what was kind of going down with it. Um, the thing I didn't realize was the lack of respect Murdoch was going to have. Um, and the, I have that issue with a lot of young guys right now because just we didn't we don't act we didn't act like that to our veterans. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't brush veterans off and we don't make snide comments and. And they're smart enough nowadays to do this shit to where um, nobody hears them. You know what I'm saying? Or, or they'd say it low like they're calling a spot. You know what I'm saying? And right. for the way Murdoch, Murdoch had one of the best runs for a young guy could ever happen. He beat me, Devin, and Nick Gage. You know what I'm saying? Three of the elites at this game, period. Mm-hmm. And went in with Tremont and had one hell of a match. The match could have went either way. Uh, Tremont ended up winning the whole thing, becoming the first two time in a row. In a row, I don't know. We'll keep that. That's it. He's a two time yeah. team, the death match winner. So I don't put him over me yet at all, because uh, I won the motherfucker twice too. Uh, yeah. And. When I went to shake Murdoch's hand and I said, nice, nice run, kid. You, you repped this well. And he said, thanks, has been. When he said that, uh, you fans can probably remember because I stopped for a second. And yeah. I looked at him and he put his hands like a prayer hands together. He said, I appreciate it. Let me have my moment. And I gave him his motherfucking moment. I left him fucking laying in the ring and knocked his bitch ass out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was the beginning of um of this feud that you guys got going. Um I can only so much as read reviews of, of what's been happened. Uh you just had a big match you know, just past weekend, right? Yeah, uh last weekend, yep. Yep. The no rope flame and bob wire match. And uh it was epic, man. It was it was epic. It was a fire match done the way it should have been. We we lit each other on fire so many times, and the ropes were completely burning. And uh, submission move after submission move, fucking hitting the fire some more. Finally, I locked his ass in the boot camp and hit that motherfucker, and we broke the bob bar and hit the concrete. Um, nice. It ended up being a double pin. They said his arm ended up on mine, which I don't know fucking how, because... I hit the concrete so fucking hard, I was loopy, and we were just burnt up, so I was out of it a little bit. Uh, I know for a fact I covered his bitch ass, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Going through, through the barbed wire itself and hitting the concrete chairs and everything there was was a big enough bump in itself, not, not explaining the fact that we had just set each other on fire. In fact, he set my whole body on fire at one point in time, including trying to set my legs and everything else on fire. Um, yeah. 
to the point where my whole leg was on fire. At one point, I went to fuck and kick him in the fucking face with it uh, before I could put myself out. Um, But it was brutal. It was brutal. But the kid learned to one thing that he's in my domain now. He's in my domain. This is shit he's new to, and this is shit I've done. I'm just setting the bar again. I'm setting a bar not just for me and him. I'm set. I don't go into a match just me, me and them. I go into it thinking, all right, buddy in the nation's got to follow what we do. I don't do it just for this area. You know what I'm saying? Because the DVDs come out and everything goes out and everybody's going to watch the replay. You know what I'm saying? I know there's yeah. more eyes on us than what's at that show in particular because everybody gets everything we do now. Everybody's waiting for the reviews. Everybody sees the pictures. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? They see what's going down. Um, and I love being that guy that sets the bar in the United States. I've been doing it now for almost fucking two decades. Yeah. Uh, and setting the bar, steadily setting the bar. So this whole father time shit and the whole him thinking I was washed up and him telling me to hang my boots up in Michigan when I knocked out Schwartz's bitch ass in the dressing room uh, and all that shit, well, he probably wished I hung my boots up because now he's fucking got a lot more knots on his head and a few more burns and He's gonna have a few more burns before I'm said done with it. Yeah. So, so what's up next? Well, they just announced it today. We're doing another no rope bob wire on fire, except every fucking corner has a pit of hot coals. Okay. First time it's ever nice. been done in the United States. <laughs> it's a crocodile uh, to hell and back. So now it's the no rope bob wire on fire, and there's a pit of hot coals on the floor on every side. Yeah, I got my I got my brother me Mitch Page with me. He's got his fucking butt pirate Bentley with him, and uh, we're going to uh, we're going to barbecue with some rejects. Yeah, that's that's some crazy shit. Now anybody that doesn't think these coals are hot, man, that king of the death match. You guys had the the brother, I got they my had fucking a... head stomped in that bitch, and I had a mark on my fucking head for days. Yeah. They had that uh, that pit of coals on top of a tarp, and it burned the tarp right through the back of the thing. Right. Uh, that shit is, is yeah. extremely fucking hot. Extremely hot. Uh, yeah. It's no joke. Me and Mitch Page were the first ones to do it over here, man. And, and I, we both still got scars from it. So I knew coming into King of the Death, it was probably going to happen again, too. Instead, I took a little bit too long lighting that table on fire and Murdoch hit something out of nowhere. So, uh, if not, he should have been going through that bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, who were your favorite opponents over the years? Um, shit. I got to Mimis Page is one. Uh, mm-hmm. Pondo in the early days. When Pondo could go really good. Uh, Pondo was always cool. Ian Rotten, 100%. I learned a lot, you know, a shit ton from him. Uh, Scott Hall at the gathering was amazing. Uh, he took the nice. boot camp in the thumbtacks, and that was the first time he ever did anything like that ever. Um, and just to be in a ring with a legend like that and him, him to trust me enough. To, and it, it was before Scott got in, in where he was. He just won a title in Puerto Rico, so he was in really good shape coming back. And it, it was a great, great match in front of 10,000 people, so. Uh, that right. was great. Raven was good. Um, a lot of the the top indie guys, Homicide, 
uh, was, was one of my favorite guys. Trent Acid by far was one of my favorite guys. JC um, working with uh, Tremont was cool. I think we need to have a better one, uh, a better situation. I think that could really be a, really be a classic for everybody. Uh, sure. Me and Gage needs to go down. Just me and him. Um, yeah. There, there, there's quite a few right now. Murdoch, you know, honestly, Murdoch has pretty much held his own right at this point. Um, the, but to me, the uh, you know, a lot of people were trying to question him as you know one of the gods now in deathmatch wrestling. To me, he's still a young kid. You know, so he's still yeah. proving himself out there. You know, what I'm saying he has not been doing. He's only been in IWA for three fucking years. You know, what I'm saying yeah. people are putting him on pubs with guys that's been doing this for years and years and years. Well, they don't realize this kid's gotten exposure because of IWA, you know, but he's only been doing it for a fucking about, yeah, has he had some great, amazing matches? You're damn right he has. But it's not just having a few great matches. you got to keep having great matches because, to be honest, Jay, you fucking deathmatch fans, and I love y'all to death, but y'all are spoiled to death too. So the minute he starts sure. slipping, y'all going to let him know. You know what I'm saying? The fans let you know quickly. You know, mm. and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, these tournaments coming up. I, I can't wait for the Nick Gage invitation. I can't wait for the North Carolina Slaughterhouse. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm I'm counting the days for this stuff. Um, and these guys in these deathmatch tournaments, I'm preparing better than anybody right now. I'm having the most yeah. brutal deathmatches in the United States on a regular. So when I step in a tournament atmosphere, I'm already prepared. Half these guys ain't even having matches right now. Yeah. If you um if you had to put together three matches like a compilation tape, your favorite matches, yeah. what would those three matches be? Oh man, you are hitting me with the hard ones tonight, brother. Compilation <laughs> tape, my three best matches. Um, me and Trent Acid in a steel cage from Philadelphia, for sure. Um, that would be on. Me and Mitch Page. See, I like to couple that of that tournament. So that I, you know, that feuds out. So I'm gonna let that feud tape go. You know what I'm saying? Because those matches have been documented. Um, if nobody's seen them, they better pick them up because that that was deathmatch history in the making. Um, mm-hmm. Me and let's see. Let's see. You know what? I'd have to put now that it's happened. Me and Murdoch's no rope barbar match on it, just because, even though it just happened. Um, and our one at King of the Death was really awesome. And you know what? For strike for strike, me versus Hank at Carnage Cup was amazing. Um, I also yeah. like Brian Woods. The match with Brian Woods, I thought that was great too. You know, that was more gimmick stuff. But as far as brutality, I thought that was good. But if you just go by strike for strike. And guys beating the fuck each one's different. So you got a cage match, you have a fire match, and then you have a strike match. That's why I'm doing this like this. Because um, you could put any of me and Ian's matches on there from the feuds we had in early IWA. Those were in Milwaukee, the stuff we did at, at the uh, Hardcore Cup and shit. Me and yeah, me and Ian's thumb, barefoot thumbtack match at the Hardcore Cup 2000. I think one when I beat JC. That shit was fucking amazing. Um, I should actually just quit and get with these guys and probably put a couple. I don't think I ever put a best of out. I haven't even did a real shoot interview yet. 
right. you know what I'm saying? On Smart Mark or any of them. You're, you've gotten a pretty fucking exclusive tonight covering a shit ton of <laughs> things, but there's ever been a really a, a major sit-down, you know, shoot interview with me done completely. Or somebody pays you for it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> That'd be nice. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, Feinstein, get off your fucking ass or Barnes, one of you two motherfuckers. I made y'all a lot of money on DVDs, fuckers. There I go shooting again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you got that um, Nick Cage Invitational Tournament coming up. Um, obviously, you're hoping to take it home. Who do you hope to draw in the first round? Well, oh, man. Because, um, see, these are hand-picked by Gage, so there's nobody in this tournament. I haven't wrestled any of those the newer guys he's got on there. Um, you know, like, I think uh, there's a couple I'm not even too familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to wrestle Danny Havoc in it. Uh, I don't yeah. think there's an easy first round for anybody. It's kind of like this year's King of the Death. Um, there's not a buy round on anything. You know what I'm saying? They got that big kid, that beast kid. I haven't seen him work yet. Um, is Justice Payne working in it, or is he just there? Who's that? Is Justice Payne in this tournament? No, I believe him and Wife Beater are just there as appearances. As appearances, okay. Okay, I got you. I got you. Now, who's the eight total? I know it's me, Masada, Gage, uh, Tremont. I don't have it in front of me, but you, Masada, Gage, Tremont, Danny Havoc, Danny Havoc. Uh, uh-huh. Nate Hatred. Nate Hatred, there's one. Yeah. There's one. Nate, me and Nate hasn't went at it in a long time. Uh, yeah. That would definitely be an old school battle. Uh, I can see a lot of fucking. You can get me and Masada there. You can get me engaged in the first. You know what I'm saying? Like they say, like there's a lot there. Uh, Jeff it's not Cannonball. Be easy for anybody. Yeah, Jeff Cannonball. I've heard a lot about that kid. How is he? You tell. You give me the shoot on him, J. Cat Morris. You you know a lot more about him than I do. Well, I, I haven't really gotten a chance to see much of him live. I'm gonna get a chance to see him. One-on-one with Tremont, Taipei Death, with Ian as the special guest referee. Oh, August, well, that so. show's going to be great. That's going to be a great show. That is going to be a great uh, show. I think the rejects are up finished. there. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, yeah, you got to let me know how that goes. I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on that show, too. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be on the show down here when, when that goes down. Um that, that yeah yeah that the Hembers Tremont and the Taipei with Ian the special guest rough yeah that's gonna yeah. be uh, that's gonna be a pure test for this kid going into that tournament sure it sure will sure will yeah. well good luck to him because I know Tremont's gonna fucking punch him in the face a few times yeah so yeah I'm looking forward to it man uh, I'll be there too at the uh, Nick Gage Invitational and uh, I'll see you there man. Fuck yeah, brother. I can't wait, dude. I, I'm s- totally stoked for all these upcoming major shows coming up, man, because this has been a year of the Deathmatch resurgence. You know what I'm saying? And I, it's far from over. There's so much shit still left. You know, there's yeah. a lot of shit left, that, left that's going on. And, and to be a Deathmatch fan, you got to be excited right now with what's going on in, in the wrestling world. You know, you yeah. really got to be because it's really taken – uh, it's taken back off in a huge, huge way. I don't know if it's just the fact people are once again are sick of the bullshit on TV or what, but uh, 
you know, the real deal's coming to see all of us, guys. You know what I'm saying? And that's not trying to be arrogant or nothing. It's just the facts. You know, it's just the facts. If you want to see hard-hitting and guys going at it and doing what this business is about, you got to get out and peep it, man. You got to get out and peep it. For sure. So, yeah, I think that's all I got, man. Is there anything else you want to put out there? The floor is yours. Man, just uh, stay tuned to my Facebook. You know, there's a lot of shit popping off on there. And, I mean, yeah, everybody will tell you that's on that bitch, man. There's always major shit going down. I got Schwartz this Sunday, and I quit. I'm going to try to just finish that bullshit off right now, uh, make that bitch scream I quit, and the whole Joseph Schwartz fucking being a badass will be thrown out the window now. Um uh, because I'm so sick of this fucking cocksucker. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to finish that off and get ready for, you know, reading Murdoch there. I got some uh, some other some bigger shows coming up locally, too. Uh, stay tuned to the Kill 'em All Tour. You know what I'm saying? It's just heating up. The Kill 'em All Tour is heating up. And why I call it the Kill 'em All Tour, man, is, is, is because I'm not – I'm done putting up with these young fucks. I'm done with taking sight. If you're not my brother, me, Mitch – Ian and guys like that that's been around or Nick or these guys that I know, I'm just coming for your juggler. You know what I'm saying? I'm straight coming from the juggler, and I promise you, fans, if you see my name on a ticket, make sure you get that bitch because you're going to see and witness shit you've never seen before in your life, and you're damn sure going to have a great time at the event. That's it. So, uh, Day, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a pleasure to come to Yakuza. Yakuza. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Anytime. It's good to have you. Yeah, it's great, brother, man. Maybe we, we'll catch up here in a few months with all these big tournaments hit and all that, and uh, we'll start up the part two, J-Cat Morris Court part two. Absolutely, man. Actually, you've been on once before, so that'll be part three. Oh, yeah, it'll be part three. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it will, it will but, be part three. Hopefully, uh, this part two lived up the expectations. Oh, absolutely. It's awesome, man. Thanks thanks for coming on again, man. Have a good night. You too, brother. Y'all have a great one, man. I'll see you soon. All right. Take care. So there you go. None other than Corporal Robinson, man. I hope everybody enjoyed that as much as I did. Good shit, man. Great content. That dude uh, speaks his mind, and uh, you know you're going to get the, the straight shit with him. So uh, I'm going to play this track, come back. I got some other shit to talk about. All right, check it out. Bullet fly, my niggas ride. You've been advised. Say goodbye, won't let it slide. Let's finish line. On my mind, these niggas fool like dinner time. Revenge coming, I grab a tool and drill his mind. No mash, I'm out of phantom. They know it's me. Start shooting, they screaming it was a K.O.B. Yeah, I'm a killer with a smile. Fuck fame, I'm the king. Dope dealer with a crown. Never stop shooting till them niggas on the ground. In the street screaming, my retaliation coming down. Yeah, they put my homie in a grave. So I'm barefoot running through the peace with a K. But they mamas better pray. Cause I got them on the list. I'm just trying to find a J. All black, four rugas and one Mac. Ride by and dump. Make sure they all clap. After the rapid fire, you come to gun smoke. After the smoke clear, you see the homicide. homicide. After the homicide, comes the funeral. funeral. After the funeral, it's time to ride. Revenge. After the rapid fire, you come to gun smoke. Gun smoke. After the smoke clear, you see the homicide. homicide. After the homicide, comes the funeral. funeral. After the funeral, it's time to ride. Revenge. Revenge. I'm cut from a different cloth. Eat what I kill. Blood on my dinner fork. I'm in the field with it. I ain't really with the words. Any disrespect is gonna be a purge. You sight. I 
listen to me when you see me if you with the car. Cause if I'm uncomfortable, my niggas letting off. Letting Drop your top, can't run to the cops. Why? Where I'm from, my niggas pay off the cops. They try to catch me slipping at the party. Somebody gon' be the son of an arm. I for now. Two, four, two, fifth the season. Motherfuckers missing the roof, my sleeper. Same nigga you call a freak the hoe. What else? Same nigga push you on the Peter Road. What else? All the suckers got to pay. Fifty shot clip. You gon' see fifty shades of gray. After the rapid body, talk the Another track or two that I, I do like, but 
I'll let you know about that. A couple joints on the Meek Mill that I like for sure. Um, some of it, uh, a lot of his shit doesn't really land with me either, but he's got some thorough shit on there. Uh, he's got a joint classic with Swiss Beats all on the on the beginning. Actually, line that up as another song if I wanted to play a second song tonight, but I might not need to, so probably like a next week type deal. Um, and then the Jedi Mind Tricks I just haven't find, found yet. They're hit and miss with me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like some of their stuff. They got some real hard-hitting shit, but then some shit just gets too babbly and scientifical and stuff, but they do have some shit that hits, hits real fucking hard. Um, you know, but it, like I said, it's hit and miss and whatever, but I'll check it out. So, um, that's that. Um, bunch of different things going on with me, man. Um, I am taking my training to the next level. Um, I've been kicking around the idea for a while, and for the first time ever, I decided to hire a personal trainer. Um, Now, not one to work hands-on with me as far as in the gym with me, because that part I got. But needed somebody to get me a, a... a training plan as far as how my training is going to go, what exercises, when, what day, um, all that shit. Like a complete workout and diet plan to get all my shit more structured because I go fucking hard in the gym, but I'm all over the fucking place. You know what I mean? And it's it's consistent to a certain extent because I'm pretty, pretty heavy on it. And pretty pretty constant, you know what I mean? I'm getting in, you know, anywhere between three and six days a week, you know what I mean? So it's very sporadic as far as how much do I work this body part this week, how much do I work that body part this week, and then maybe I'm doing too much of the same exercise and, you know, getting complacent with it. So I, I just needed I needed something more structured that I can really, really fucking advance. And the diet plan is going to take me fucking to a much, much higher level than I've done before because I've never had a problem with getting fat. I've had a problem with not gaining the weight. So a lot of the work that I'm doing in the gym, I'm not able to pack on the the size that I want to with the work that I'm doing because unless you feed that, you know what I mean? You feed that workout, that shit isn't going to work out. So... So I actually, like I said, um, got got some personal trainers here going on. So pretty excited about, you know, what's going to go on with that. Pretty awesome. Um, so everybody just sit back and watch, and, and I'm going to do this fucking work. Um, last night, went to a fucking Weird Al concert. Man, as a kid, I was a Weird Al mark. Um, I mean... For you to be a kid, you know, and, yeah, obviously everybody, no matter what genre of music you're into, you know, whatever the case is, you would hear all the popular songs. You would hear the hits on the radio. You would hear all the things that were really popping off. For a guy like Weird Al to come along and just start making fun of those songs to a T where, you know, he he did the song so well. And the thing that I always respected about him is he could do any style. He would jump on, you know, whether it be a rap song, 
or a pop song sung by a woman or, or a dude or whatever the case was, all sorts of styles, all sorts of different tones and stuff like that, the dude would nail it as far as, you know, the perfect tempo, um, I mean, lines that, that rhymed with the fucking other rhymes that that actually went on in the song. The dude's a genius, you know what I mean? Always has been, and he's always nailed it to the point where he made funny shit out of some somebody else's hard-ass work, you know? But he put his own hard-ass work into doing that, and it, it's always just been funny shit to me. And, um, you know, I honestly, I've never even been to a concert. And, I, like I said, seeing this dude and... You know, at this age now, fucking 37 years old, still never been to not just a Weird Al concert, any concert. And, you know, getting my daughter to to start popping for this shit, too, because, you know, she, you know, will hear the same thing. You hear the hits, next thing you know, you hear Weird Al making fun of all these hits and stuff, and it's hilarious to her, too. So, to me, it was really special to be able to not only go see someone who was, you know, such an icon in my childhood, it's someone who was also becoming, you know, a very noticeable figure, you know, to her. And to, to experience that together was really awesome. And besides that, the dude absolutely rocked it. I mean, he just, he killed it. He went out there and he just just annihilated like two hours just a little over two hours just annihilated out there the way that he would go from set to set and um he had these real cool video packages so when he had any big wardrobe changes because he would just you know he would do the songs if he had to do a big wardrobe change the lights would go out he would sprint backstage and just start you know getting in the new getup. And meanwhile, they would play these really cool video packages. Because you got to realize that a guy like Weird Al, who's been around for probably 30 years or something like that, um, you know, he's been mentioned and featured on so many different shows and and uh, things that, you know, these these compilation clip packages that they could pay, play on the screen were really funny and entertaining and shit. And meanwhile, he's getting his shit together backstage. So it, it was really cool. And, um, yeah, the the amount of different things that he did to just really, uh, you know, get into the whole deal. And, um, man, he, I'm not really sure how old I should have looked up before the show, how old Weird Al is, but, um, man, he, he fucking moves around and he's running around and he's busting his ass. So uh, amazing performer, performer. If you're a weird Al fan, man, find out where he's going to be at around you and, and go check it out, man. Cause he, he kills it. Absolutely kills it. You know, I mean, like I said, you know, to be able to do, you know, under Vana parody, uh, you know, a millionaire parody, you know, the, the Coolio thing. I mean, he just absolutely kills every one of them. And it's, uh, you know, something you, you got to go see if you're a fan. Um, this weekend, Ronda Rousey fights, and I'm very excited for that. 
Very excited. Um, I'm I'm not a huge UFC fan, but I'm a I'm a definite Ronda Rousey fan. Um, I caught the last UFC. I think it was the last UFC with uh, Conor McGregor, and um, that that was pretty good. I mean, he was getting his ass handed to him for the most part. He was definitely getting put on him, and then uh, during the end and and won and shit. But um, and that dude um. He's got a pretty exciting style, and he talks a lot of shit. But um, he's he's bound to get caught, that guy. Um, and then the fight before that was just fucking murder, man. It was like uh, Robbie Lawler and uh, another dude, and they just they just fucking murdered each other. Just blood everywhere, all over the match. It was crazy as fuck. So um. Yeah, maybe we'll get to see some shit like that. I know Ronda's on some real, like, I'm going to punish this bitch type thing. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very interested in seeing that. Uh, she, she's just phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm going to go more into the CZW show and how it looks like absolute garbage. I'm going to go in more into that next week um, because the show... I'm also going to have, um, returning to YouTube Kick Radio, Rory uh, Gulak will be on next week, formerly Little Mondo, Rory Mondo. He will be back on next week to talk some things, and, uh, you know, we've got a lot to catch up on. Um, i got to just reiterate, like, for anybody, you know, because I've just had enough of this fucking... Um, this Caitlyn Jenner shit, like, I, I will not rest until that bitch gets a bad name because I, I've had enough of this shit. She's a fucking animal. Uh, he's a fucking animal. He's got a penis, man. It's a dude. It's a six-foot-four fucking animal. I mean, understand that if this, this monster puts on three-inch heels, that motherfucker's standing six-foot-seven. He's got, like, size 15 shoes. Get the fuck out of here. Please, please stop saying that this bitch is pretty or attractive or, oh, look at that. Get the fuck out of here. Stop it. Stop it. You're a fucking animal. Six foot four. What are you fucking kidding me? And I'm still looking. I don't know. There's like a cartoon or some super ugly shit that, that Bruce's face looks like. And... I can't put my fucking finger on it, and I will one day, and I'm not going to stop laughing when I do, because I just, it reminds me of something, and I can't fucking remember what, but there's some fucked up shit his face looks like, um, but anyway, uh, that's, that's a whole different thing, um, let me see, oh, that fucking guy, um, that Dennis dude, I'm not, uh, I'm on some Rappaport shit. No research, no fact checking. Um, he's a fucking dentist dude, and he's all about, um, you know, killing fucking animals, exotic animals. And that guy, I mean, he can go fuck himself. Um, the the thing is, is like you get these rich motherfuckers with nothing better to do with their money. Um, they need some sort of sense of entitlement, and then for whatever reason, they go out and they kill beautiful animals for no reason for for trophies quote unquote trophies but you know, I mean when you're 
this this is what I mean with the, like a lot of this hunting shit. I'm not a pro hunting guy. I'm just not. I'm not. I, I you know when it when it comes like all right, you're out there and there's a moving target. Other than the fact that it, that it's a moving target and you got to be quiet, that that's pretty much where that game starts and ends. And they don't stand a motherfucking chance. And you have a gun. And you have bow and arrows. And you have all these other weapons you can just lay in the cut and hit them up. And it's some on some bullshit. And I don't even, you know, I don't look at it from the the standpoint of let's make it fair and shoot them hand to hand. Like, what the fuck? What's your what's your motherfucking problem is my thing. You, you got to go out there and kill some shit? Why don't you go to fucking work? Yeah, I mean, you're a dentist. But your side joint is I need to kill large animals. Like, someone should examine this motherfucker's head. That shit's not normal behavior. You know, and there's some people that just, they they spit it where where it's some kind of normal behavior where that's what you do for fun. You do for fun. You murder shit for fun. That That's not okay. Motherfuckers like that should be locked up. There shouldn't be anything remotely legal about any of it. There really shouldn't. And, um, I mean, I personally, like, and this is, this is another reason why, like, um, you know, Trump's whole shit is hilarious or whatever, you know, with him just calling people's out and yelling people's phone numbers on TV and fucking, you know, just being all crazy and fucking racist while running for the fucking presidency. You know, it's hilarious and I don't agree with him. I'm just saying it's, it's a, it's a funny little spin on, uh, you know, a presidential run where everybody else is doing their whole normal lie to you with a straight face shit. He's just spouting off like a silly little racist with fucking billion dollars. So he doesn't give a fuck. So for that reason, it's funny. But anyway, his son or sons does that shit, goes and fucking kills beautiful animals for no reason, giraffes and all of that crazy shit. You know what I mean? There. There's also, you know, there's endangered fucking animals. And we as humans, man, we might be the smartest. We might have all the techno- technology and all this, but we feel all, all of a sudden entitled where we're going to wipe a fucking species off the planet for fucking what? And, and what what do we gain from that? It's fucking crazy. It's absolutely fucking crazy. So basically... You know, a lot of people, oh, well, you know, I, I want to fucking, I want to shoot him with an arrow, and uh, I want to do, uh, you know, I don't know. I just hope the motherfucker's kids dies, because my feeling is this. I know people think that's harsh. Oh, what are, what are the kids do? Listen, number one, that shit would hurt more than anything you could do to him, is if his kids were dead. Number two, I'm not telling anybody to kill the kids, I'm just hoping they die. Number two. Any children raised by a motherfucker that thinks it's okay to kill a lion and cut its head off and skin it, they don't belong on this planet. Everybody, you know, with this, every child is precious and every life is valuable, my ass. Anyone taught by a psychopath that's killing beautiful fucking animals for fun is not going to be a valuable member of society. You know, my kids are animal lovers, but even if, you know, they decided, hey, you know, I don't like the cat fur or whatever, and all of a sudden they decided, eh, I just don't want to own an animal. You know, it's far-fetched that that would happen in their lives, but if it happened, it happened. 
you know, where one of them decided, eh, you know, uh, you know, this new house or this new apartment, I'm not going to get a cat, you know, a little too much fur. I got these leather couches. Eh, maybe I'll, you know, just get the fish tank thing going. What, you know, whatever the case is, I'm just saying there's different situations that can happen. A situation that cannot happen is for one of my daughters to decide, I would like to go shoot a lion in the face because um, that's that sounds like the most fun I could have this summer. That's not something that can happen because I'm not creating a psychopath of a human being such as this this guy, you know, has. I'd love to see, like, what this guy's father, you know, what kind of teachings this guy laid down. You know, the, there's a generational thing going on here. There, there's a way deeper psychological fucking damage going on here. You know, and... You, you just can't trust a guy like that. You, you can't. There's something really fucking wrong. It goes well beyond the life of one lion that was supposed to be protected. And he went so far as to tie a, they tied a dead animal to the back of his Jeep and drove around and lured this protected lion off of his protective land in order to kill him. You know what I mean? Like, these people are fucking demented. It's just... Hey man, there are murderers out there, man. Just just pick the right one. You gotta go nuts. You gotta kill people. I don't recommend it, but if you do, I mean, can you just pick the right one? There's motherfuckers like this out there, man. I, I don't know. It, it's fucking. Uh, it, it's unacceptable life to me. You know, what I mean, just just that way of life is fucking completely unacceptable to me. I don't. I don't, I don't want to hear about your fucking sport. I, I don't want to hear about any of that. I mean, there, there's fucking crazy other countries that cut people's heads off and use uh, people's heads as soccer balls. I think, um, I want to say the Mayans or Aztecs or some shit did that. You know what I mean? So when it comes down to that, hey, man, you know, let's not figure out whose sport means something. It's not a, it's not a, not a credible thing. So let me see. Uh, speaking of, uh, People I don't agree with and uh, don't really belong here. Oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm putting cases on all you bitches. I don't like your jerk-off name. I don't like your jerk-off face. I don't like your jerk-off behavior. And I don't like you, jerk-off. My jerk-off of the week is this motherfucker, man. This motherfucker. Today, I'm at work. Check this out. I'm at work. This guy comes into work at the air conditioning. Working on the air conditioning, right? I drink a gallon of water a day. That's what I do. I got my gallon of water on the counter, half full. Motherfuckers got half full. Keep that shit in mind, all right? All right. So, I go out of the room to do some shit. I come back, look, where's my fucking gallon of water, right? I'm like, shit. Looking around. Now I look over there where the closet door is where he's working on the air conditioning. I see a jug of water. Jug of water's full. I go, hey, is that my water? He goes, yeah. I go, well, did you add water to it? He goes, yeah, yeah, it was half full. I'm like, motherfucker, I didn't want to drink tap water. What the fuck? This dude took my water, took my fucking spring water down in jug off the fucking counter and filled the motherfucker with tap water. 
filled the motherfucker with tap water to try to hold the fucking door open on the closet to fucking play with the air conditioner. You out of your motherfucking mind? You want to talk about wanting to snap somebody in half at fucking work? I mean, the shit that goes through your head, like, I'm at work. I mean, what can I do? How how would this go down for me to talk to my boss after I grab the motherfucker and then try to explain to my boss, well, you see, the thing is, is I had my water, and he took it off the fucking counter and then decided to try to use it to hold the door open. And, and might I also add, the shit didn't work to hold the fucking door open because it's a metal door. So he had to use his tool bag as well as my already fucking ruined fucking water. I I can't put into words how angry this shit made me today. And it's like I didn't fucking do anything. Like, I didn't want to just tell him, hey, listen, you're a cocksucker. Because now, if he's got to be, like, in, in the same area as me for, like, the next hour or so fucking with the air conditioner, probably going to be a little, a little too intense. You know what I mean? I don't know how that's going to go down. Then he goes and reports to his boss that I'm scaring him. And the next thing you know, you know, he's talking to my boss. The next thing you know, I'm talking to my boss. You know, I, I got—I don't know how that's going to go down. It's all based off of this motherfucker has the balls to take my motherfucking drink and fucking fill it with fucking tap water to kind of hold the door open. I'm trying to think of how can I drown this motherfucker with, with one gallon of water? Because that, that would be the ultimate. The ultimate way to finish this situation is he needs to die by his fucking doings, you know what I mean? So I was thinking, here's what was my thought process, was I was going to grab him by his throat, and once he started making that, like, then you start pouring the water in there, there's no way he could correctly digest the water. I got to figure it's going to go in his lungs or some shit like this. So I was thinking that would be the way. Obviously, this is this was not my my uh, my chosen action, I kept it um, kept it inside, like the hate fester. Um, but you know, I seen this fucking guy up on the roof like an hour later, and I just wanted to pull his fucking ladder, throw it in the dumpster. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he'd find a way off the roof. But either way, like, dude, you know, you take something of mine and do something with it, man. You know, I, I just the fucking gall it, and the thing that pisses me off the most because you know it's it's one fucking dollar a gallon of water. Um, but that's my water for the fucking day, number one. Number two, I would never touch anybody's shit. It's not in my fucking blood. You know what I'm saying? As far as, like, this lion shit, we go to a whole other extreme. I wouldn't touch your motherfucking water, man. That That's that's not the type of person I am. I would never go to that extent to fuck with something that's yours to, to improve my fucking day. Some motherfuckers, man, they they just they live a whole different set of life, you know, that I do. I, I just I don't have it in me to to be that guy. I just say well, I don't think we need that guy. I, I, we don't need any of that guy here. So, again, not not every child is precious. Some people raise that fucking guy, <laughs> you know, that'll do some shit like that without a second thought. And when I'm like, well, dude, I don't want to drink tap water, and he's like. Oh, I'm sorry. Just like it didn't even dawn on him that that would be a big deal to take somebody else's motherfucking water, fill it with more water out of the tap, 
even though it says spring on the side of the fucking bottle, just for weight, because this is that's all that that water is there for, is, is weighing things down and holding doors. And clearly this one is going to need more. Like, what a cocksucker this guy is. Like, I'm, I don't know. I, it's, it's just not over with me and this guy. Uh, so Hulk Hogan's racist. Um, I don't know, man. You know, there's there's all these uh, transcripts and stuff that are coming out from that sex tape where he just, uh, <laughs> you know, talks a, talks a whole lot of reckless shit about uh, who Brooks with and how he feels about him. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It doesn't surprise me. Hulk Hogan is a fucking scumbag. I never liked Hulk Hogan. I never thought he was a fucking uh, an amazing dude, or he he was never a favor of the mind as a kid, you know. And it just, especially as years went on, it was just like, what exactly does he fucking contribute to wrestling? Obviously, his uh, influence on wrestling early on was fucking monumental. Beyond that. He's just been resting on those same fucking laurels for fucking 40 years or 30 years or whatever the fuck, man. Fuck this shit. And, you know, I mean, when his fucking son fucking turned his friend into a vegetable, Hulk Hogan's statement on that shit was like, God punished him because he wasn't a very nice person, man. <laughs> like, you know, motherfuckers forget about the type of shit like that that he says when his son turns a guy into a fucking vegetable. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh, what do you mean he's racist? Like, uh, are you really shocked that this piece of shit is fucking racist? Come on, man. Fuck this guy, brother. Fucking, uh, I was actually a little bit more surprised by, um, the stuff I read about Jessica Havoc being racist because, um, you know, I mean, I'm more shocked by modern day racism than I am anybody who came from an era that's not shocking that he would be racist. You know what I mean? Like the older a dude you are, I'm not saying it makes it okay, but I'm saying it makes it more, um, expected. You know, like, uh, it's a little more predictable that, that somebody that's, that's 60 years old or whatever the fuck Hogan is might have some fucking racism in them, you know? Um, when there was, you know, territories and they were only letting, you know, one black guy on the circuit and shit like that, you know, he, he's been through some times where there were some pretty pretty comfortable racism in these locker rooms and stuff like that. And, you know, again, it doesn't make it okay. To me, it comes off way more strange for someone like Jessica Havoc, who's worked in, you know, mixed locker rooms, you know, uh, races of all sorts in wrestling long before she got there. So it just, it just comes as more of a shock. I mean, everybody has their own thing. I don't know. But, I mean, she had a bunch of tweets that were all fucked up saying, you know, um, and, you know, same thing, nigga this, nigga that. And, um, you know, saying this about watermelon and maybe Mark Henry's mad because someone took his watermelon and all all sorts of just like, you know, you know on that shit, huh? Uh, just just kind of surprising. But, hey, man, this, this fucking uh, – this whole era is on some whole nother shit. I mean, you, you got to realize, and there's so many levels to it, too. 
Um, just, just the fucking internet presence of everything, man. You are documenting shit that you would have never been able to document if you wanted to. Just imagine. I mean, you're, your average teenage kid. Uh, I was just talking the other day about Reggie. Everybody remember Reggie? Banging the frying pan, yelling about shit, and I'm a CZW ambassador. I mean, that guy was just a fucking lonely-ass fucking 16-year-old kid that wanted to get fucking attention. You know, a little fucking nutty, fucking crazy-eyed fucking 16-year-old kid who wanted to get attention. And he had the ability to turn the little fucking camera on his computer and reach people all over the goddamn country, all over the world if, you know, I mean, I don't know how how well his networking was, but legitimately could have reached anywhere all over the world. Can you imagine, you know, being 16 and fucking... You know, anybody that's, like, around my age, being 16 and be able to get, like, here, I'm going to make this bullshit video. Now I'm going to let fucking a 1,000 people in California see it. Or I'm going to just pick, like, uh, the furthest state away from your house or, you know, halfway across the country and just, you don't know anybody there, but they're all just, you know, going to watch this bullshit video that you made fucking yelling about things in your room. Can you imagine how difficult that would be. First off, I didn't even know anybody with a video camera at that age. Like, I didn't even know anybody that had a video camera when I was 16 years old. I, I didn't I didn't have that. So I would have had to know somebody with a video camera, number one. Second off, imagine the distribution to just get that shit out there and how many copies of shit would you have had to make for everybody to even see your bullshit video that meant nothing there would have been no reason you would have to do a lot of fucking, um, you would have to do a serious-ass sales pitch for random motherfuckers you didn't know to watch a bullshit video of some 16-year-old kid doing some shit. All ages, fucking races, religions, uh, states, countries, will just randomly watch a video because it doesn't cost them nothing, it doesn't take them nothing, and it could just be some fucking 16-year-old kid bugging out in his room. It's just the world has changed so dramatically, and to just think of the... to think of, like, the, the grand level that that shit can go to, you know, like the... the um the repercussions of every everything you can do and say... And that the shit lives on forever. Dumb shit you do at fucking 12 years old with your fucking cell phone will can live forever. Can you imagine? Because now, you know, as technology advances, now it's, you know, everybody. Man, my five-year-olds have tablets. Fucking tablets. They, they're not, like, hooked to the internet, like, you know, web shit or anything like that. They got a couple little bullshit games that run with, you know, the Wi-Fi or whatever, but they don't have any, like, internet access. Um, yeah, my 11-year-old daughter wants a fucking cell phone. Um, she she is not getting a fucking cell phone. Um, because I just don't I just don't believe in that shit. It is what it is. Like I said, I, I couldn't imagine. I got my first cell phone, like, 
probably a year or two before I started this show. I've been doing this show for five years, so you got to figure probably six, maybe seven years ago. Seven is is a little bit too long. That's when I got my fucking first cell phone. So you you got to put me at thirty, somewhere around thirty. I got my new uh, my first cell phone. So we're talking about her at fucking eleven. Everybody at school has. One. I don't give a fuck about your school. This is what I mean. This is all crazy shit. So this is why when, you know, people just spout off, all of a sudden you're racist, and then you spout off some shit on the Internet, oh, man, that shit lives on forever. Next thing you know, you're trying to get a job somewhere. You're trying to go to WWE or whatever the case is. Whoop, guess what's brought back up, you know? Same shit with Hogan ass. I'm sure this is not out of all these years, and like I said, the territories and all that, this is not the first, you know, uh, racist rants coming out of Hogan. But the fact that his boy let him fuck his wife and recorded it and then took the audio, and now that they're not friends anymore and is putting it out there, well, guess who fucked up? Again, technology will bite the shit out of you. You know? And it's uh, it's just it's crazy as hell, but um, is what it is. Um, last thing to go real quick is um, John Cena man took a fucking knee to the nose. This dude's nose was fucking mangled. Holy shit, um, man, all you fucking internet podcasting dork motherfuckers that are unathletic. Have no ability to do anything, but they want to fucking call out John Cena and bitch about him and talk about how he ain't shit and he's this and he's that. I mean, I, I, you know, I've said it a million times, but the dude is a walking t-shirt cannon. He really is. The guy gives out like five pieces of merchandise just on the way to the ring. He's got the towel, fucking wristbands, fucking hat, shirt. The dude gives out shit like, like I said, like a t-shirt cannon at a fucking football game or something, uh, you know, at a pep rally. But the fact of the matter is he is the flagship of the WWE. He sells the fuck out of merchandise. He's got kids backing him. He's got, you know, dying kids wanting to fucking see him. Uh, beyond all of those things, this fucking guy is putting people over in the fucking ring. He is, and putting over does not mean he's losing to them in the match. Because when you get a guy who's won the fucking title, what is it, 14 times this guy has, uh, something like that, 13 or 14 fucking title runs he's had, world title, this fucking guy will let a guy like Sammy Sayers come in and have a competitive match with them right off the bat. There's a lot of fucking guys in the business with their egos. They're not letting someone come right in the fucking door and have a back back and forth fucking crazy match. Triple H ain't letting somebody come right in the door with no actual WWE build and have a back and forth tooth and nail. Who's going to win this? Oh, shit. Match? There's no way. Undertaker ain't letting somebody just come in and have a crazy fucking competitive match with him without fucking, you know, winning the title three times in the company and fucking being in the company for ten years or five years or 
like I said, come right in the fucking door and have a match where you don't know who's going to win, John Cena. And you're going to say, well, Cena always wins, so Cena's going to win. Fine, I get it. But I'm saying as far as the moves go and everything else, they're beating shit out of each other, and there's two counts, and there's just escaping it and, and all that shit. Cena is putting these motherfuckers over. And he's fucking keeping pace and keeping up with all the fucking indie sweethearts, all the indie darlings. Everybody loves these fucking indie guys, including myself. But Cena is hanging with fucking El Generico. Cena is hanging with Kevin Owens. He's hanging with the Cesaros. He's hanging with everybody in there. Dean Ambrose, Daniel Bryan, uh, CM Punk. He hung with all of them. And put on good to fucking great matches. Straight up. So you can keep giving Cena shit all you want. You can not like his fucking character. His character's corny at times. That I get. All that I get. Denying this guy's fucking talent is absolutely ridiculous. It's just... It's just that, that virgin speak. And I mean, people... People just, uh live a different type of life. Like I said, uh, it's crazy. But anyway, so that that's all I got. Uh, you guys all enjoyed that. Uh, I'll talk to you again next week. Let me see where the fuck is my, uh, my outro. But yeah, guys, um, I'll be back on next Wednesday night with, uh, Rory Gulak. I do believe he's going by the uh the Gulak name. So let me see. Oh, oh that's right. I put it under a number so it was easier. I'll just forget that every week so it'll be just as hard to find as anything else. So alright, check me out next week. Thanks for listening. Don't all those podcasts to go fuck themselves. Peace. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. Say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.